listeners, and welcome to what I think will be a very, very special episode of This Landed Hallway. As some of you know, I have spent the last few weeks in the Big Apple, but before that, I was in old New York. I spent my time on Broadway, taking in some of the finest plays and musical the American theater has to offer. All of it terrible. Thankfully, however, I was able to find someone who felt much the same way I did. A globe-trotting reviewer of the stage and screen, who was able to direct me to the most delightful production mine eyes had e'er beheld. While I could tell you about it myself, I hope to inspire the same electric thrill I felt when I was first told of this play while I was digging a piece of bread out of an apparently plugged-in toaster. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Backless Chapman. Good evening, and a special thank you to the Slanted Hallway. When I first saw the production you are about to hear, I was totally and completely blown away by the majesty and accuracy of its portrayal of the human condition, along with its incredible willingness to bend the real world with true superstition. The play is On Borrowed Ideas. It follows the life of Pud, played by Governor Beeble, a veteran actor in spite of his extreme youth, Mr. Oliver Hasselway as Mr. Edge, and of course, Peter Fontarina as Gramps Peter. I think it's something you'll all love and spend as I did the whole night thinking on. You must never forget that your parents were taken from you. You must never forget that you'll never have any others. You're an orphan. You get away from that boy, Aunt Trippy. He'll never be yours, even if his parents died in a horrible auto accident. Why, the only way they could have survived is if a big pillow came out of their steering wheel and some kind of rope tied them to the seat and the wheels were on stilts taller than a Mack truck. I'll get him yet, Peter. I'll take his parents $15,000 and I'll put him in dresses and put him in that girls' school so he can finally have a proper education close to his friends and family. He won't be no sissy, Andrippy. No, no. He's doing a fine job learning about the world all by his lonesome. Look, Grab. I killed a goldfinch. Grab. You see that? He can name ten birds just from killing them. School. Bah. I'll get him yet! Run off back to your cat-infested den, you old bird stuffer! Gramps, what's a bird stuffer, Gramps? Your Aunt Drippy's a bird stuffer. Why, Gramps? Adam saw a dog, and it looked like a dog, so he called it a dog. Aunt Drippy looks like a bird stuffer, so I called her a bird stuffer. Now how's bouts I fortify myself? With the old fire water, afore we's head in for a meal or grits and lard chunks. Can I try your fire water, Gramps? Don't you never touch this stuff, Pud. 
Oh, can't I, Gramps? Okay. Oh, yuck, Gramps. I hate it, Gramps. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it, Gramps. See? I knew you'd learn yourself. I'm great. Let's head in. But if it's so bad, why do you have to fortify yourself, Gramps? If you married a chicken, you'd need to fortify yourself too, boy. Now get in there. I'm going to fortify a little longer here. Hmm. Who's that fellow down there in all the black finery? Some kind of salesman? Good afternoon. My name is uh, Mr. Edge. So it is. Why are you troubling me with it? You're to come with me, Gramps Peter. Isn't that where the woodbine twaineth? Isn't that where the woodbine twaineth? How did you know that? I just made up that saying out of nowhere. Listen, we really have to go. Your time has come. No, I don't think I will. Oh, says right here you have to come with. I never cared much for reading. I wouldn't go to a rat fight with you. There, so now you know. Okay, okay. I'll scram. Yeah, see ya. All right, Miss Nelly, I'm coming along. Gramps, where are my mom and dad, Gramps? I already explained that to you, Pud. But what does orphan mean, Gramps? It means your parents were in an auto accident. It's why Miss Nelly is so sad. But what does auto accident mean, Gramps? Well, when you're driving through a mid-July blizzard and you hit a patch of black ice, go off a road, off a 300-foot cliff, through a bus, and into the back of a dumpster, going headlong into oncoming traffic, arms flailing out the window from the sheer force of the spin, all because someone's coffee tasted awful that morning. No, your mother was never any good. Always knew she'd cause a gruesome accident in the passenger seat, 300 feet from the final impact. Always trouble, that lady. Now you're alone. The last piece of a family unit. Run rough like sink water through toilet paper. You're an orphan, bud. A sopping wet orphan. That's what it means. Okay. Do I have to eat my vegetables, Gramps? Suppose it don't matter anymore. <coughs> all right. Suppose you oughta. Miss Nelly spent all morning on that raw corn. Ah, oh, shucks, Gramps. Now what flim flam and flail did you learn today, Pod? Well, don't you know that if you do one good deed and make a wish, it will come true, Gramps? My lord and Miss Poopy Doop, you sure do beat the collie cars, boy. Eh? Just. Pass me the sweet potatoes, and you'll see, Gramps. Well, here you go. Now just make a wish, Gramps. Wishing is for bright-eyed children, not for this old pile of ash and firewater and grits under a straw hat with a dime. Bed already? But it's noon. You don't go by the sun's rules, boy. Miss Nelly runs this house. Ah, oh, shucks, Gramps. Quit that swearing, boy, and get yourself washed up before bed. Scrub behind your ears. I'll be checking for potatoes. Of course, Gramps. He's a fine boy, Miss Nelly. 
<laughs> I suppose you're right. My novel hasn't been worked in some time. I'll get on it. How's about you sweep the porch so that our neighbors don't think we're crazy? Hello, Miss Nelly. It's time you come along with me. Yes, it will be better now, Miss Nelly. Let's go along. Sheesh, what a day. As you have already heard, this play is like no other. It is the finest and best production ever committed to the stage screen or radio. The harrowing mile-high frights are matched only by the bottomless pit of reality that has so thoroughly engulfed the shallow divot of your ears. Yes, this play is very, very, very good. But as we shall soon hear, it gets even better. Then dips in quality, then becomes a horrorscape of unimaginable terror. Unimaginable, that is, until the writer, a Mr. Lafayette Rx, committed to paper a dream he had while grinding his teeth one night. We continue now. Miss Nelly, dead. The ringer and the tree. Doodah, doodah. Gotta eat my lunch. A can of peas. All the... Do, da, do, da, day. Quit all that singing now about your dear old dead grandmother, Miss Nellie, being dead. That there that done died yesterday was my wife. Now, boy, you hear. I'm calling to take the boy. Consonant, you ain't taking no boys from me. Least of all, this one. Fixing to make him out to be a sissy and what? Hide him from kissing and all that. Makes a fellow's skin crawl. Well, I'll be watching. One little slip up and I'll rip him from the only home he's ever known. He needs a mother figure. Mother figure? Coming from a gal with the figure of an orange tan. Pretty rich. What's an Orange, a tang, Gramps. Never you mind, boy. Let's get you some proper lunch. Like what? Gramps. How's about one of these crab apples from this here tree? You know what they say. Crab apples. You really get the bitter. Okay. Lift me up, Gramps. All right. You're up in that tree. Now I'm in the tree. You're going. Higher. You're going. Now I'm higher. You're still climbing that tree. Even more higher. And I wish you not to come down until I say you're allowed to come down. Oh, don't waste your wish on something silly like that, Grumps. No need to worry. You come down now. I can't, Grumps. Come down. I can't. Come down, boy. I can't, Grumps. Honest Indian. No fooling. I can't come down from this high, 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 high tree, Gramps. 
honest Injun, you say? Well, then I'll just leave you up in that tree. How about that, huh? That's an honest Injun for you. No, I can't get out, Gramps. Oh, you're serious? I am, Gramps. Look, I'm stuck, Gramps. Well, then you're allowed to come down. Now come down. All right, I can come down now. Gramps. So, you really stuck in that tree? Yes, Gramps. Because of your wish, Gramps, when you passed the Gramps sweet potatoes, it was your good Gramps, Gramps deed wish, Gramps. Well, how about it? Hello, Gramps. Oh, this guy. Let me guess, you're the fellow that killed my wife. Oh, I can't say that. Only that she's changed, and that I took her, and that she's on the other side. So that's why Miss Nellie crossed the road. Suppose you're here for me. Who's this creep, Gramps? Never you mind, boy. You're right, Gramps. I'm here for you. All right, then. I'll go on peaceful. But would you give an old man just one last wish before he leaves? Before he leaves? Queer, okay. Whatever you want at this point. Well, okay. I want an apple. Way up there! Oh, I thought you were going to make me leave you alone. But an apple, that I can easily do. Which one? The big, ripe one. Way up at the top. The ripest one. Okay. This one? No, not that one. As a matter of fact, I don't want none of them. You're trapped in that tree until I says you are allowed to come down. My word, you're right. And you're staying. Doctor? Doctor? He's not answering. He's probably dead. Yes, hello? Oh, good. I thought you might not be up. No, I'm always up at this hour, exactly 1.07 a.m. on this August the 15th, 1952. Now, you called my doctor phone in my big doctor house. I'm assuming to talk to me, a nerve specialist, but also the only general practitioner for this entire town. And you're calling for me to declare a man insane for some mild annoyance and rip a child from the only parental role model they've ever known so you can turn him into a sissy schoolboy like me. Is that it? Yes. All right. Well, I'm a day's walk from town, so I'll see you then. All right. Bye, Mrs. Doctor. I'll be back in two days. Don't have the baby while I'm gone. I am the only doctor for a week by the horse's hoof or 45 minutes by car. Who poopy-doo and the lyrics to the song. Polly Wally doodle all the day. More lyrics here and another verse. Polly Wally Doodle all the day. Ah. You still up in that tree, Mr. Edge? Why'd you go invisible on me? The right people will see me when the time comes. Oh, hello, Gramps. Dr. Sissy, what in the blue blazes are you doing here? Oh, you know, just in the neighborhood. Nice fence you're building. 
Mind if I get a feel of your head with my stethoscope? Yeah, I don't see no harm in it. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, this man is definitely insane. Not a thought going through his head. I couldn't hear a thing. Who are you talking to? Oh, normally there's a crowd. Anyways, put this straitjacket on. No dice. I trapped death in that tree, and he calls himself Mr. Edge, and no one will die unless they touch that tree. Oh, well, fine then. I'll be back in the morning. Hello? It's me, Mr. Doctor. And look, it's the sheriff. Look at his badge and my white jacket. Hmm. Seems official. Mind if we come in? Suppose you think I'm crazy like the doctor. I don't think the doctor's crazy at all. Well, neither do I, so we all agree. Good day. Wait a moment. This man is crazy. He claims death is a man, and that man is trapped by a wish in an apple tree. Well, how'd he do that? Well, I asked him to get me an apple, but because I did a good deed, I wished him to stay in the tree, so he was trapped. He passed me sweet potatoes! Quiet, boy, I'm being institutionalized. You're a loony, and you're coming to the bug house. Move easy, or I'll lobotomize you with this ice cream scoop. All right, fine, I'll go. I just have to grab one thing. My veteran's badge. No. You're not going to get one more thing because every time I've been about to arrest somebody and they say, Oh, just one more thing. They try to run away or shoot me. Oh, come on. He's not going to try anything with me, Grumps. I make a honest little kid promise. Oh, well, okay. All right, here it is. You see, he'd be dead if death weren't trapped in that apple tree. Here, look. Point taken. Please, stop. Eyes closed. Well, he's not dead, but he's not moving at all. Just bleeding all over. He'll, he'll move. Just, just, just you wait. If he doesn't. You're in a big heap of trouble, pal. Ooh, look his leg! Look, 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 his leg, his leg! I didn't see anything. Look, he's moving. He's stumbling like a drunk. But you can't deny he's moving. Well, shooting people's not a crime if they don't die. So, uh, I'll be on my way. Uh, can you take the doctor with you? He's getting, uh, he'll, he'll, yeah, yeah, he'll get there, yeah, yeah. Hey, Gramps, the guys from the other day are back. That's just the mailman and the garbage boy, Pud. No, Gramps. No! It's the other guys, Gramps. Oh, let me see now. Oh, my, it's that horrible Dr. Sissy and the sheriff. What's that they got there, Gramps? It's a fission pole, Pud. Ain't you know nothing? Only what you tell me, Gramps. Better go out and look. Come on, boy. I'll need you to make a scene if they try to take me. Of course, Graham. What are you folks doing near my apple tree, huh? Oh, shoot. He's here. Sheriff, reel it in. 
what, what's this with the vision bowl? It's a dead duck. That's three mice that touched the tree, and three mice dead. Looks like you were right, Gramps. I know I'm right. We ran experiments to test what you said. First, we held an ant under a magnifying glass, and it didn't die. Then we touched it to the tree, and it did. Then we threw a cat at the tree, and it also died. I was pretty sure, but he wanted to do some more tests. So, I took a pair of twins, both healthy. I touched one to the tree, and it died, but the other twin didn't. Then, we cut the alive twin's arm off to see if the dead twin's arm would come shooting off of its body. It didn't. The living twin begged to touch the tree, but we didn't let him. And there went my plan for teleporting dead bodies through space. Well... So, anyway, we locked the alive twin in a box full of starving rats. What did you learn from that? Well, let's just say that in the future, hospitals won't be boxes full of starving rats. But what's important is that tree is responsible for death, and we need to change that. Well, you could just bring people to touch the tree. Uh, Then we could completely control death, you know? Give it to uh, those uh, who suffer. Uh, Keep it from the young, you know? No, no, no. It should be random. Arbitrary, even. Yeah, get death out of the tree. Okay, I'll talk to him. But wait, last time you... This time, I'll be honest. A little kid's promise. Uh, Mr. Edge! Hello. You stay up there. That wasn't the deal. No one's taking Bud from me. He ain't going to live with that swillin' at Drippy. You ever see uh, a hundred-year-old man, Gramps? Every morning in the mirror. Do you really think an old geezer like that is uh, better for the boy than the bird-stuffing uh, ant or whatever? Well... If I went with Aunt Drippy, I wouldn't let her push me around to be a sissy, Gramps. And you... you promise? Little... Kid, promise, grumps. I'll still try. I am a nagging hag, after all. She won't make progress. Well, bud, okay then. Mr. Edge, you're allowed to come down now. Here I come. you'll be thinking about that one for years to come. What an odd and compelling tale. Thank you all for listening, especially to the three people in Germany. Well, that's all for tonight. By the way, this would have been our 50th episode had I not brought in this play. So be on the lookout for our 50th episode. It'll be sometime around our 100th episode but we'll still be calling it our 50th. Anyway, tune in next week for the story of a man who mistakes his wife for himself, leading to a fiasco at a ball hosted by none other than the Count of Monte Cristo himself. We're calling it Confusion Be a Lady Tonight. Good night and pleasant nightmares. (laughs) 